Hi, I'm Melissa, founder of Growth Consultancy and host of 30 Over 30, a podcast where I talk to women about making power moves, challenging stereotypes, and lessons they've learned in life, career, and in business. We have new episodes dropping every month, and you can also join me and a panel of experts every Monday on Clubhouse at 3 p.m. Eastern time to get answers to your business questions. Today, I'm talking about motherhood, specifically childbirth, um, something I'm yet to experience. But today, I really want to know what it's like for those who have given birth and and just understand a little bit more about whether we really are being told the truth. How different is the experience from one woman to the next? What should we expect and how does it change your body? What about complicated pregnancies? In the news recently, a recent study showed that miscarriage actually increases the chances of further pregnancy loss and quadruples the risk of suicide. And that is a recent study. There was also a recent dispatches documentary talking about the alarming mortality rates of black women during pregnancy. These are all things that have been doing the rounds in the news and media recently. And today I'm joined by Annie Marie Gilbert. She is a marketer, an author, a speaker with a focus on women's empowerment. And she has also recently written a book titled Expect the Unexpected about her journey through motherhood and dealing with a traumatic birth. Um, hi, Annie. I want to thank you so much for joining me um, today on the, this podcast. And I really can't wait to hear you share your your motherhood story and, and what this journey means to you and what it's been all about. Hi Melissa, absolute pleasure to join you. Awesome. So tell me about your first time pregnancy experience and how it led you to writing this book. Oh my goodness, it's quite a journey. So we have a really sanitized portrayal in the media of how everything should go. I think we've all grown up with such a beautiful image of the process to becoming a mother and also parenthood following it and what should be expected. So your expectations are naturally elevated as any new and first parent and even being an older parent. So I was just turned 40 when I had my child, my one and only. Mm -hmm. um, it was I was still not prepared um, at all for all the things that happened so I would say that you know nearly everything that might go wrong did go wrong but not everything you know because the great thing is of course that yes I am still and very fortunately a mother to an amazing little one but the problem is society talks about the joy of having the child and makes you feel guilt for talking about any difficulties along the way. And what people seem to focus on is the celebration of, well, at least everything's all right in the end. But that's actually denying the right for women to have a voice in a space that's really, really the most life-changing, impactful thing that can happen to a female. I think you've summed up quite perfectly one of the reasons why it's important for women to be celebrated, to celebrate their achievements, to speak about the challenges that they've gone through. And that's, just, that's really what this podcast is all about. I think the reluctance to do that, I agree, has a lot to do with how society just expects us to keep calm and carry on, keep smiling through the pain. And from what you're saying, it sounds like there is actually a real need to process that pain and process the difficult sides of, of this experience. And that's what you've done, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of shaming, an undercurrent of shaming around women not being able to express difficult births. So one in three are traumatic. Um, some say more than one in three, and people just aren't aware that they could label it as traumatic. You know, PND is high and rising in COVID times, it's quadrupled. So there's so many things that we are 
pushed to both physically, hormonally and emotionally through birth that we have to put under the carpet because society says that's the right thing to do because we should just be grateful. And it doesn't mean we're not grateful if we're struggling with mm-hmm. any of those other aspects of our health, physically or otherwise. And I think it's it's really wrong to feel that we are unable to open up and talk about what should be natural, which is about both the joys and the difficulties, because life is like a heart monitor. It's up and down. And that's the heartbeat of life. And that's the heartbeat of motherhood. Good days, bad days. And as well as that, obviously, the most critical time is when you give birth and you don't just have a child, you become a mother for the first time. So you have to learn that role. And if you're put into a furnace when that role comes about and you're sort of given every aspect of difficulty along that journey to be sitting back relaxed peaceful and joyful like the media presents is just the most unrealistic image you could imagine and if that were to be the case I would question that image and how that could be possible because it wouldn't be something that is realistic or honest and that would concern me more so in my case it was a a very premature baby and a a a very difficult birth for me in terms of my health and and expectations around the birth plan so it all happened in one go and it's not as rare as you'd think and that's even more concerning because society just doesn't talk about it yeah well you said didn't you that one in three births were traumatic I never knew that and um, you mentioned you touched on postnatal depression as well um, which is something that some women do experience some people might be listening and thinking you know, what actually went wrong. So you said nearly everything that could have gone wrong, um, you know, went wrong. So <laughs> yeah. what, 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 in your case, what actually went wrong? So in my case, everything seemed to be swimmingly perfect. I was almost gloating at how, you know, straightforward things were at the very first trimester. But as, as it progressed, there were, you know, the usual things that you'd imagine that could be difficult, um, discomfort, pain, um, And there were things that I thought were quite normal looking at my pregnancy app. But actually, it turns out um, I had a a rare condition um, called HELP syndrome that uh, meant that I gave birth at 29 weeks. So my little one came along early and um, it was all very much um, from zero to to crazy overnight. Um, So I was working that day and I was getting violent headaches for a while and and all sorts, but didn't really think too much of it because I thought, well, it's it's part of pregnancy. You're you're making a baby. You're not going to feel 100 Mm. percent. But but this particular day, um, I I just felt I couldn't breathe very well. I um, everything I ate felt like I'd eaten 24 dinners and I just felt really bloated and I looked like I'd gained weight overnight but you'd expect to do some of that in pregnancy but it it was just bloating and so basically I went into hospital that night and I was I was told that you know my my life was at risk and um you know the thoughts in those moments in those minutes of thinking you're never going to meet your little one and the worry about your child being in your body and the risk for her um, is just unreal. Um, so what followed was um, an emergency C-section. I had a breakup straight out of hospital as well. So there were, you know, lots of dimensions to unexpected happenings and um, having to sort of transition through that as well as start a new business at the other end as well. So motherhood was a baptism of fire. <laughs> 
<laughs> the image I have of sitting, you know, very calmly singing Three Blind Mice or Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star in, in a very beautifully arranged and decorated nursery. Yeah. Um, when the rest of the house wasn't yet even ready for baby, um, didn't ever come to light. So it never happened. Um, the only obviously most important thing, we, as we know, is having the child. But that doesn't mean that all the other things aren't things that were difficult. And so I think what brought me to want to write this is that those other things are important. And as much as we try and bury it, I think burying it is unhealthy for for your mind, for your child and for your future. And I think you have to process it, face it, talk about it. And if it's not being discussed by society, why not? Well, you know, I think you talk about going through this whole process and kind of having a baby and coming out to the other side of chaos. And I think it's actually a lot of people will probably hear that and think, oh, that's quite refreshing because you are so used to seeing, you know, the perfect, you know, post-birth like photo where like you think, oh, my God, is this a Hollywood photo shoot? And it's just actually a woman's just given birth and, and the lighting's all perfect. And, you know, and then you see these like these beautiful images of nurseries, you've got like baby showers, and that is literally all you see. Um, so I think it is important to shed light on the other side and the fact that, you know, sometimes it, it takes a lot to get to that stage. And sometimes that stage doesn't even happen for whatever reason, you know, due to, you know, complications that you've had or, you know, situations changing. And I think it's, you know, we're not encouraged to share things like that. Um, and, and you know, we're, we're encouraged to hide it and almost be embarrassed about it. And I love the fact that you've come out, you know, through this process and you've written a book, which I, you know, I believe is, is going to help so many people. Can you talk to us a little bit about the impact of that so far, having now gone on this journey and wrote this book? Yeah, I can talk about the impact and I could probably also talk about why I wrote it as well. But the mm -hmm. impact... Well, the Birth Trauma Association gave it a raving review. Um, they spoke about, you know, the media presenting this sort of whitewashed, um, happy, smiling mummy and baby and that, you know, more needs to be done in this space. And, and that's true. And also some leading midwives have talked about how the book is what they like about it although it's a personal account is how it's trying to give strategies and support for people going through it. And I think the real benefit of the book is so that mums don't feel alone you know because there's there could be any part of that that could go wrong that could make you feel alone because society's saying let's talk about the good stuff so it's about being that friend to you as well as giving sort of advice and support from my research that I've done for the book as well so the impact is about the readers and just even in the beta testing period um, people from around the world were um, from Australia, America and the UK were raving about the book and saying that, that every new parent needs it. But also those considering having a child should read it and that it's a, a gripping book that they can't put down. Mums that have got sort of two little ones and we know how busy that can be said that they read it within a couple of sittings or even some of them in one sitting. And then there's been then there's been people saying that, you know, they've not been able to read a book in years and and this is the first book they've read and they're already halfway through on the first night so there's something in it that I think is just relatable so the importance of the book is really for me the impact of it on individuals and what that means to them and the value that it brings to them in any way you know um, as I say for me 
the most important thing that I needed at the time was to feel that I wasn't alone with what was happening. And I had some support within the hospital system in terms of other mums that had been premature and, and dads and things. But there's so many aspects when you leave hospital where you really want to feel that you're not silenced to that, you know, it's okay to to have struggles. And, mm-hmm. and I think what really hit me was when it came into COVID times, I started thinking about how people were impacted. They were being separated from their partners in the yeah. NICU. They yeah. didn't have anyone with them. And I knew what it was like to be a- away from my partner from, you know, very early on, but not within the hospital system. And, yeah. and I just thought, you know, what would it be like to be that isolated when it's already isolating enough? And I think we were all in a sort of incubator of isolation during COVID that gave us time to reflect. And two things happened to me in that time. And one of them was thinking really strongly about those people and feeling for them um, very much. And, and the other was that I needed to still process it myself what had happened because some things hit you with delay so the book was pure therapy for me and I hoped would be therapy for others but um in that time I just thought about how difficult it would be to sit in those units so I started sending teddies over to different units um to support the mums and Mm. it was little things but I thought well what more do they need they really need to know that they aren't alone and and how can I do that but the the really the manifesting of the book and the idea about the book came even earlier than that. And I was walking around with my friend at Meadow Hall and um, we were doing some shopping and I had her little one because my little one was with the daddy at the time. And um, I, I was just talking about childbirth actually and children because I had a baby with me to one of the shop assistants. And she talked to me about her premature situation with her now was then teenager and she said that what I spoke to her about was something she'd held on to for all those years and she'd never talked about and she actually hooked me and I thought to myself this isn't something that you just leave the hospital and you forget about even if you seem to be recovered it's something it's the most biggest important part of your life and the most important person or people in your life come through childbirth the love you have for that child is just unbelievable love and that means that every feeling is powerful so when you see them suffer it doesn't leave you and you know it stays with you for a very very long time and it leaves you you know wanting to make sure they're okay every day and you worry even if your child's born perfectly at term Hmm. but under those conditions it puts you into this mode of just wanting to protect your child and and so she talked about lots and lots of things and she said you really need to share this so then my friend said you need to write a book about it and that was you know quite predating this but within the journey back from Meadowhall I'd written down all the chapter headings so um yeah it's been a bit of a process and a lot of reasons for writing but ultimately it is just a topic that's so important and so powerful because like I say, you don't just have a child, you become a mother. And those two things happen together and, and you, you're learning to navigate that role and you want to do the best that you possibly can do. So if you're up against adversity and difficulty, it's a harder one to process. I love the way you've just put that because um, it, it's coming from a real place. It's coming from a real place of experience and um, that's quite powerful. Looking back, what's the one piece of advice you wish you had? One piece of advice I wish I'd had is, well, it's it's two. One that, you know, I'm not entitled to everything going correctly. And two, that it might not. I think if, you know, if you know those things, you can't you can't live with expectations around as much around all the things that you think are just a God given right. 
And I think the problem is when you think that those things should happen and just will automatically happen and you have mm. no reason to think it won't, you're very disappointed on some level when if they don't work out. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the truth of the matter. And I think if you're not given that realistic vision of, you know, the fact that not everything is always going to go as expected, you know, it's like Disney. We're wanting to overturn Disney and not just say everything's amazing. Um, <laughs> And they're talking about new forms of Disney. I think dysfunctional films about things going wrong are actually just so much more relatable because life is <laughs> ups and downs. And, and I think, you know, just as much when you become a mum, that doesn't mean that I want to worry people unnecessarily, but I think it's important. And I've thought carefully about, you know, as who and when should read this book, you know, at what point of their journey. I guess it's a case of normalising um, it some is. of these things, isn't it? It is. And it's, it's also the case of even in the darkest times, there's hope because I'm sort of here to say that there has been, you know, a real positive end to what's gone through. And, you know, in that I've seen the light through the darkness and I know that things can work out. But fortunately, I've been able to work through it, but I know how difficult it is for many not to. And in fact, when you pay attention to anybody going through trauma, it's more about the why me and why did this happen? And I think that's what we need to address. Well, it seems to me like anyone who is thinking about having children in future or wants to have more children should read this book. Would you suggest that it's a book that can be read equally by women and men? Would you say it's more... Um, relevant and suitable for women or expectant mothers? What's your take on that? Well, that's a really good question. So I actually had beta readers that were men and women and had the same sort of response. I think what's important is that you become parents and you want to work together. And, and my vision is to try and bring families together through um, childbirth, because some statistics show that one in five break up after a child, which is, you know, you wouldn't think would happen, but actually does. Um, because it puts a lot of pressure on you becoming a parent and what your identity is. So in the book, I talk about some helpful ideas around how to strengthen relationships after childbirth. And that's based on research as well. But looking at it, you know, there's a lot of pressure in the normal birthing situation. But if you have all these unexpected happenings, it's not just happening to the woman, it's happening to the man. There is of course a physical aspect that's happening to the woman, but like in any sort of crime scene, if you know, if, if you're in the war, you don't have to get hurt to be, you know, affected by PTSD, for example. It's no different that if you're in, um, you know, in, in a situation where your child or your partner or both are at risk, that it can have an effect and that it's most likely to have an effect by the research because, you know, the majority of people will be impacted by something so important. You know, it's mortality at the end of the day. And that's a really the most important and critical aspect, you know, that we can live through and face. Yeah. So you know, having that in front of you, it will affect you as, as a man of, of having a partner and a, and a child as much as, you know, the person going through it too. So, so in the book, I do address, um, you know, support around what may be happening to both parties. And I actually detail in the appendix, the mother and the father's journey to look upon um, how um, a father may be impacted. Obviously, I'm writing as a mother, 
So I can't speak directly for a father, but the research really helped me to have more understanding around their journeys and and how it affects them too. Where can people get the book? So the book is available on Amazon. Waterstones is very soon going to be with Waterstones. It's pending. It's also at all major bookstores. Um, In America, it's Barnes & Noble. Um, Blackwells, that was it. Blackwells. Blackwells. Um, Okay, great. Yeah. So it's Amazon, just to recap, Waterstones, Blackwells and Barnes & Noble in the US. Yep. And I Uh, think there's a number more, but they're the ones that I can recall. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing your motherhood journey and experience um, with us and and also the book as well. Well done. Congratulations on doing that. Um, I can't wait to read it. And um, I'm sure um, everybody listening can't wait either. So thanks for sharing that with me and uh, have an awesome day. Thanks, Melissa. Always good to speak to you. Awesome. Bye. Bye. If you liked this conversation, then tell a friend to tell a friend because that's how wise words get heard. You can find us on Instagram at 30over30 or you can visit www30over30.co.uk.